welcome to Brolo Blessing, the preaching ministry designed to exalt God, encourage believers, equip disciples, and evangelize the lost. Thank you so much for clicking on today's message. I pray, truly, it is a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles today, I would love for you to turn to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. This is going to start a new study um, as we go through the month of February. And uh, it's going to be called or titled, My Lord and My God. Meaning, if He is my Lord on Sunday, He should then be my God every day. The identity of God should not change from one day to the next. If I come and celebrate Him, I worship Him, I love Him, I sing songs about Him, I'm excited to hear a word from the Lord on Sunday, then I should also have a desire for Him, a love for Him, a want for Him the rest of my week. Now, we can't have a sermon every single day. And some of you don't want one, all right? We can't come to church 24-7. But what we can do in this kind of way is learn to implement the things of God, learn to love the things of God, want to praise the person, the identity of God when we are everywhere else. So this isn't about having a better church service. This isn't about having a better preacher or different songs. This is about how can I bring God home? How can I love Him just as much when I'm hurting as I do when I'm healthy? How can I show the world that He's just as much God on a Tuesday at work as He is on a Sunday in the pew? I want to share with you today, it's not about making people come to this place. It's about making people desire to take Him from this place. I want you to understand and think about a God who loves you, not just at church, but everywhere you go. That we might love Him and love Him in front of those who matter most to us. I want to say to you, it is great to come to church and put on a happy face. Wear your Sunday best. Put on your nicest cologne and some of your makeup. Whatever you want to do to get ready for church. But the people who need to see the Lord in you the most, they don't go to church. They're going to be the people you work with. They're going to be the people that you see at school. They're going to be the people that will not come to places like this because they've been hurt here. They've been discouraged here. They've been talked about. Whether that's right or not, you say, oh, it's their fault because they should be looking for God. But I tell you what, every time they come in here, they may be looking for Him. And they should be, but they will see you. So yet, what would they see if they went home with you today? Do they see you praising Jesus at home or do they see you complaining, griping? Worrying? Do they see you stressed just like you would be like them? The problem becomes not the fact that we love Him so much, but rather or not the world sees us love Him so much. The thing we see today is David, a psalm of David. Y'all know David. David, the little shepherd boy, chose out from all of his brothers. David, who went and fought uh, the bear and fought the lion. David, who was proven with a slingshot with no armor against a giant named Goliath. David, who made plenty of mistakes. David, who lost a child. David, who became king. David, who became and is known in the words of God himself, a man after God's own heart. We understand that he's not a perfect man. He is a devoted 
man. He ends his life believing and trusting in a desire that he had for himself. And God says, you must have the desire, but it yet be your son, the next king, who will fulfill it. He became a man known for what he did and how he, how he won many, many, many victories in the name of the Lord God. He's known for many of what he served, many of how he, how he served the Lord and how he reigned on the throne and what he did and gave, but most known for the psalm. Most of the majority of the psalms are split between David and Solomon. Others are smattered, uh, sp- splattered around, some others unknown, some others we know from those who serve with Solomon. There's one of my favorite psalms wrote by a man named Ethan. But we have several others that were wrote, but yet some are contained precious in what David wrote. And he went through those valleys. He went through those mountaintops. There was times he wrote when he was in deep despair. And he was running for his life when King Saul was trying to chase him and kill him. There was times he wrote when he was just become king and he had just won a victory. There's been times when you see him at his worst. And there's times you see him at his best. You see, I love the fact that God uses men like David. Because David is just as human as anybody. It's easy to follow after like Joseph, right? The man with the coat of many colors. It never mentions one of his sins. It never says he fell in any way. Yet he was human. We know every human sins. Everyone had fallen short of God's glory. We understand that. But the Bible doesn't always record their bad stuff. I like David because you see the humanity of David. You see where he slips up. You see when it's okay to fall. That's why I love the stories about Peter. Peter made many mistakes as a disciple of Jesus, yet God still loved him and chose him to be the one that he would build his church upon. I want to say to you the same can be true today if we do what we're supposed to do. Today, maybe by the end of the day and maybe by the end of this month, I want you saying, my Lord and my God. Yes, he is my Lord on Sunday, but he is my God every day. Psalm 145. Psalm of David. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless the name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One thing I want to start with today, I want you to write this down. Maybe you can in your notes, maybe mental note. If you don't write, take notes. You don't have to in church. Make a mental note. Write this word, everyone. Everyone. That's just the one word. Now, you can write other things along with that, but just write the word everyone. Somewhere where you can fill out a sentence. I'm going to fill in the sentence later, but everyone. Just the one word, everyone, and then write your other notes underneath that. Everyone. Notice this, verse 4, continue with me. One generation shall praise thy works to another. So the reason that we have so much of what we have today is because the generation before me told me about the Lord. 
The reason that they knew about the Lord and they were so faithful is because their generation before them told them about the Lord. Sure, the Bible was accessible, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't come to love the Lord because of the Word. I come to love the Lord because my mama loved the Lord and because my granny loved the Lord. And they taught me to love the Word. They taught me to come to church not to fill a duty or a role. They didn't come to church so I can memorize scriptures so I can get my sucker at the end of Sunday school. They taught me to have a deep devotion and desire for God because that alone is the only relationship that I truly will ever need. They didn't teach me to love myself. They taught me to love God first. And that if I could love God right, then I could love me right. Then I could love her right. Then I can love my church right all the way down. We must understand that praise was built for everyone. That one generation should, it does, we say this, it says shall praise the Lord. That we might carry that with us. Here's something neat. The other day, we brought groceries home. I don't know if you've ever bought groceries before, but we bought groceries and we took them to the car. Some were in the trunk, some were in the back seat, some was even in the front seat with Lindsay. And we didn't even buy that much. We just decided every time we go to a different store, we, I don't know why we put it in a different spot, but I don't know why we did that. Here's the thing. We get home, they don't bring themselves in the house. We had to bring them in. And I got out, and she's like, i got to carry my stuff in, and you start loading it up. So my theory is that one trip is best if you hang it on your arms, on your head, put a backpack on. If you can get it all in one trip, you better do it. And Lindsay's like, oh, you can take multiple trips. It doesn't matter how many trips you take, they still got to come in the house. I'm in charge of what I bring in and out of my house. And the same is true here in the same way we do it spiritually. We choose whether or not we're going to bring praise or we're going to bring situations and troubles and trials. We decide how we respond to the things in our world. Just like bringing in groceries, you choose what attitude you bring into each day. You choose how you praise or if you're going to be pitied. How you serve or how you're going to squander it away. How you're going to read the Word and trust in Him at home as you do at church. It's easy to bring it here because you know it's going to be here. I don't have to bring praise because somebody's going to praise. Somebody is going to sing. Somebody is going to preach. Somebody is going to do it for me and with me. It gets a whole lot harder when you walk in your door. Because there's not a lot more encouragement. You see, the problem is, usually everyone, <laughs> hate to say this, usually translates into one person. And without that reinforcement, right? I'm going to praise the Lord. That's what he said, right? Every day, I, I, I. You see verses 1, I will extol thee. Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise your name, right? It's great to say that. But it gets, it gets tough when you're the only I doing it. When you're the only one praising, what would make this world a whole lot better place isn't by how many people come to church. I wish the whole world came to church. But it would be so much better by how many would praise Him when they go home. How many would love Him when they head to work. How many would look for the things to bring into their home, not just groceries, but good thoughts 
and good attitudes, looking for the best. There are people in this world, you can tell them when you see them, the people who are looking for bad stuff to fall apart or looking for good stuff to raise them up. There are people, there are distinctive things, there's stuff that we must decide to do. Every day will I bless thee. He goes on to say, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Continue with verse 5. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Isn't God deserving of our praise? Hasn't he done enough? Say, preacher, you don't understand my story. I don't have to understand your story to know that he's done enough to be God in your life. He's done enough to be worth, have worth in your life. He's done enough to deserve praise, your honor, your servitude. He's done enough to deserve, if you will, and even if he didn't. One of my favorite songs, it was an old song growing up. He said, he wouldn't have to do another thing. He's still God. He wouldn't have had to do anything, and he had still been God. That's the title of it. He had still been God. And we must understand these things. That If it's just going to be left here, it's. I want to say this. Praising God is powerless if you leave it right here. Because your problems aren't right here. They're out there. Your problems, your situations, your trial. The devil's fine. Oh yeah, you come to church. You sing. You shout. You laugh at the preacher's sermon. Rave and say amen. Whatever, right? We get all those in here. But where do we need it? We need it out there. We absolutely need the Lord. And we won't deny it. Nobody denies that we need the Lord. Nobody denies that we need the Word. Nobody denies that we need prayer. But why aren't we doing it? That's where we come to the understanding is, is He my Lord at Sunday? Is He also my God at home? It says, I will speak, verse 5, of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Notice this verse here. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. The reason I know that the first word is everyone is that if we believe today, if we are the children of God, saint by definition, if we have been in and called and trusted in His name, we too should praise the Lord. I say to you today, the greatest way to bring Him home is bring Him home with praise. Bring God in the house. You know, we, we always like to give the illustration of Revelation. He's talking to the churches. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we say that, oh, that's salvation. Oh, He's knocking on your heart's door to get in. No, the Bible says, for they had left their first love and they continued on without Him. How many people bring it here, love Him here, sing Him here, amen Him here, and leave Him here? 
And you say, no, God's everywhere. He's everywhere we go. I say also to you as well, He's everywhere He's invited to go. He's everywhere He's praised to go. He's everywhere He's desired to be. In the same way, we come to this understanding when we desire that I am the everyone. I am the I in this statement. I am the one who praises Him. I know my co-workers are crazy. I know I've had a hectic week. I know I've had much loss. I know there's stuff going wrong in my life. But I'm going to praise the Lord anyway. You make that choice every day how much power you give to your praise or to your problems. You decide every day what's calling the shots in your life. You make up the decision every single time you log on to social media, every single time you open your mailbox, every single time you check a text message, you decide right away, am I going to respond in a godly way or am I going to respond like the world wants me to? You choose every day what you do. Are you caring about God when you go home? Oh, preacher, of course I care about Him, but when did you read your Bible last? Oh, well, well, I, I, I love the Lord, but when did, when did you gather your family around and pray together? Well, well we do that when we eat. We, we pray for our food. No, no, I'm, when did you really seriously prayed together for your family? For your loved ones. When have you turned off the TV, gathered somewhere in the home, got on your knees, sat in a chair? It doesn't matter how you sit. It matters that you pray. When was the last time? Oh, preacher, we, we thought about it. Preacher, it was some good idea. Oh, I want to tell you something. It's really easy to say, yeah, I've done my due diligence because I've done it from the pulpit. It's another thing to get on my hands and my knees with my wife and cry for the people that are sick and hurting in our country and our lives when people are falling away and people are lost. It makes a whole big statement just to say you need to do it than to go out there and do it. The truth of the matter is, I've got to be one of those everyone. I've got to be that saint that still praises God. I've got to be that like David who said, I will bless thee. I will praise your name forever and ever, ongoing in all times. I want you to write this, write this down. Right next to that word, I said everyone. Write this down. Every day. Everyone. Every day. Jump back with me to verse 2. You see it right there. It's clear as day. Say, preacher, I can't understand all this theology and all this doctrine and all these hidden messages in the Bible. And why do you think Revelation has all that? And why do you think Ezekiel has all, these, has all these visions and all these things I can't understand? Why is there so much to compact and pull out of that? And I want to say, if you want to get into that and you want to dive deep into that and study your word as you should and you need to, but yet don't miss the simple stuff when it's right in front of you. Well, I can't understand. Understand revelation. Well, understand the gospel first. Understand what he tells you right here in his word to be about doing. Well, I, I'm not going to do it till I know everything. When was the last time you read your entire car manual before you drove your car? Right? I, I remember one time my mama taught my granny, which mama, that was mama's mama. My mama taught my granny how to drive. Right, And she might have been one of the ones to read the entire manual from cover to cover. But beyond that, I don't know anybody who does that. You ever, you ever, had to, you ever bought something online and it's got that agreement statement and you've got to scroll all the way to the bottom and hit agree? 
Right? How do you know you agree to all that? You didn't, you didn't read all that, did you? I didn't. I just scrolled until it let me click on agree. Some of them, you don't even have to scroll anymore. It just says agree or disagree, and I just click agree. Why? I don't read all that stuff. I don't read the fine print sometimes. I don't always go in that same way. But this is a discouragement. This is a disgrace. This is a failure to think because we say we believe it, but we don't even know what it says. Oh, yeah, I can quote my three favorite verses to you. Yeah, I can tell you what my devotion said this morning, but I'm talking about living your life as every day. Notice it says, verse 2, every day. See, point number one, everyone. Point number two, every day. Everyone, every day. Notice verse two, every day will I bless thee. Now, last time I checked, Sunday is one day. Okay, That means that Monday is another day. That means that Tuesday through Saturday are the other days. And last time I checked, every day meant every day. So therefore, my praise and my blessings got to go with me when I go. So if I come to church or not, I should praise the Lord. If I'm able to or not, I should praise the Lord. If I can or cannot, every single day, no matter where, no matter what, no matter with and all who is with me, every day. Here's your commitment. Everyone, every day, we make a commitment to ourselves that we, I don't know what you're going to do. There's a song. I love it. It's a praise song. We should sing it here. It's simply called, I don't know what you came to do. But I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to shout and sing. On and on, there's other other verses to it. But I don't know what you came to do. I came to praise the Lord. That's all he's saying here. This is not a this is not a charge for you to determine how everyone else should praise. This is for you to decide if you're going to praise. A lot of times, I, I find myself with many reasons to complain. Many of you do as well. But I make a chance. I make a choice. I desire every day I'm going to bless the Lord. Every day He is worthy. Every day He is God. A new song came out this past year by the group called The Sound. And the title of it is Never Not God. And it simply says He's never not God. He's never not kind. He's never not good. He's never not faithful. He's never not forgiving. He's never not on time. He's never not God. So if that be true, every day He is God, I should praise Him. Every single day He is God, I should love Him. I should worship Him. I should dedicate myself to Him. Every day, every day He is God should be every day that I praise Him. My Bible says, Jesus said it these words, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The last portion of Revelation, three times He says this, I am am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. The very trick I'm going to give for you today 
is when you first wake up every day, praise the Lord. And I don't mean a cheesy, I woke up this morning. (laughs) That's great. I'm glad you woke up. But I mean every day, find a reason to thank God. Every day, find a real, and tell Him. Don't just say it out loud. Sometimes we talk to the room around us, but we're not really addressing the Father. Talk to Him like He's worthy. Speak to Him like He's present. Act like He's not just this this figment of our, our thought and our desire of the Baptist church of great theology. Talk to him like he's a real human, a person. The idea, the identity of Christ, you know, he is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, an identity, a real presence in our lives. And do it every day. Every day, begin your day by praising the Lord. Every day, end your day by praising the Lord. And then lastly, everyone, every day, write this down. Evermore. Evermore. You say, preacher, that's redundant. Well, Scripture is full of redundancies. And what I mean by that is there will be moments where it will say word for word what we need to do. There will be moments where there's direct quotations from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There will be things that are recorded that, that, that Jesus or God, Old Testament, God told uh, Noah to do or Abraham to do or Moses to do. And it will say word for word the exact thing it just said to prove the point that he did exactly what they were told to do. Go back through Exodus and Leviticus. Go through some of that stuff and hear what God says for them to do. And it will read out to you the same exact verse. A lot of times we skip over it because it's so exactly similar to what it just said, right? In so many ways, let the redundancy give it power. Give it potency. Let it give importance to what we're saying. In the same way, let it be not just everyone, not just every day, but evermore. Meaning that in every and any situation, I should have a thought or an attitude of praise. That yet in any situation that I go through, there is something to praise God for. Is there reasons to want cry? Is there reasons to grieve? Is there reasons to whine or gripe or whatever? Yes, there are bad days. There are bad things that happen. There are bad things that happen to our church people, our good people. Christian people have bad days. Hello. But in every bad day, in every day, something's wrong. In every one of those situations, there should be a reason you praise Him instead. The one thing I want you to do before we close, I want you to make a personal commitment to God. Right now, you don't have to head bow, eye close. You don't have to say it out loud. But make a commitment to Him. Not to me. Not to your spouse. Not to your friend, not to a person next to you in the pew. Make a commitment right now. Every day I'm going to find one reason, at least, just to praise Him. I want to share with you this. I bought, well, Lindsay bought this for me. It's what they call a Bluetooth speaker. All right. You hook it up to your phone or some other external device. You push play on this thing, and it plays sound on this Bluetooth speaker. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the deal. Anytime I'm doing anything by myself, that speaker's usually going around the house. 
And if I'm in the shower, if I'm doing dishes, if I'm just sitting there in my chair, and I've got, I tell you all the time, I listen to this Pandora, it's free, there's a few ads, but find your favorite station. You don't have to love Crab Family. I'm just being honest. You don't have to love Bill Gaither, right? All you need to do is find something you love that praises him. And let that flood your mind. I want to say something to you. We let too much of the wrong stuff get in. Amen. And if that's what we bring in, guess what's going to be in there? What we bring in. And guess what eventually comes out? It's what we hear, what we dwell on, what we listen to, how we add all that stuff that we put into our minds, like it or not, the things in secret, they're always brought to light. At some point or another, the sins, secret, the things on your mind, the things that you dedicate your life. So what if, and this sounds weird, but what if you dedicated your time to the things of the Lord? Wouldn't you be more praiseful? <laughs> Wouldn't you be more focused? Wouldn't you desire more godly things if you thought about God more? That makes sense. If we have songs going in the background, if we turn on our YouTube music, and if we get all of our stuff lined up, I'm proud of the drinking and the crazy songs and all the other stuff that gets people's attention. I'm glad you like the newest country song that talks about divorce and hate and cheating on each other. But what about church people loving God for who He is and where He is? Wouldn't it sound so weird if people who came to church would actually love him at home? Love him with their music. Love him with their television shows. Love him with how they talk. That means the words we say, the prayers we pray, and what we do. At the end of the day, it's up to us whether he's going to be my Lord and also my God. It's up to us whether we love, love him as everyone Every day, evermore, will you bring him home?